before I get started, for those that weren't here just last night, <clears throat> you want a copy of the tape, you really, CD, you really need to get a, a, a CD on it. Also, we've got a full load of supplies and food coming in. We're working out the logistics on it now. I can't remember quite everything on it, but I believe it was some of the stuff is uh, five pallets of, uh, six pallets of men's uh, uh, jackets, uh, one stack of Bibles, one pallet of pop Bibles, uh, there's a pallet of assorted soups, uh, there are pallets of candy, pallets of water, pallets of uh, sports drinks, pallets of uh, hygiene, uh, products and several more pallets of other stuff. I can't remember quite all of it anyway, 24 pallets of it. So we want to give God <laughs> I don't care what nobody agree with what I be saying or what. It, do, it really doesn't matter. The proof's in the pudding. When God cleans the house, he opens up the floodgate again. He don't let no give what you believe about the situation. That's why I said and I'll say it again. I don't get attached to nothing so close that it's going to close up my blessings from God. Amen. I'm just going to tell you that right now. When God do what he do, just let God do what he's going to do, because it looks, the house of death, this is how it is, with our anointing with God. Now, I've been running this thing long enough to know how he deals with us. This is how God deals with house of death. Whether it's with the international ministry or whether it's just with the assembly here, it makes no difference. This is how God works. When sin is in the camp, God closes his hand. Anytime you see God's flow start closing up on us, you better start checking around and within yourself because something ain't right. Now, I know how this anointing works. And then when things get right, when God get it right, he opens it back up. Now, after a while, you will begin to see that more and more and more again. I won't have to tell you that you will know it because you will know it by experience. See, I'm speaking from experience. You see, right now, you try to take, you have to take what I'm saying somewhat on faith because you haven't seen it quite as much as I have. But eventually, if you hang around long enough, then you'll see the same workings of God through this ministry as I see. And then I won't have to speak it, you know. You, you, you'll be more unified with the fact of how God is doing this thing, you see. And if you allow God, because I'm telling you right now, I like it the way God do this stuff. I like it. I like it when God blesses me. I like it when God, I like it even more when God blesses you. I really do. Because I don't get my blessings to bless me. That ain't what God blesses us for. My harvest is for me, but my blessings is for other people. My blessings come after my harvest. See, God don't bless until you get your harvest. But you don't get your harvest until you sow your seed. Well, nothing, you get no harvest, right? See, your, 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 the seed you sow is for your harvest. See, that seed that you sow, that's the, that tent, that protects your name. See, a lot of people like, don't realize that yet. See, that's what, you, you don't got no insurance, have a wreck, you didn't pay your insurance bill. You understand what I'm saying? Your, your, this over here protects that over there. Now, after you get your harvest from the seed you sow, you ain't sown no seed, now don't be looking for nothing, because ain't nothing happening. Where am I? <laughs> so, now after you get your harvest, 
after you get your harvest, then comes the blessings in according to the Bible. Now the harvest is for you to live on. But the blessing is for you to be blessed by and for you to bless others with. Because the blessing means overflow. See, that tra the trailer load is a blessing. There's no way I can use it. It's too much. It's always too much. It's overflow. Blessings are overflow. People get blessings mixed up with harvest. That's not a blessing that I get a raise on my job. That's my harvest. That's for me to live on. My blessing is much bigger than my harvest. Much bigger. So I just want to throw that out where you can understand, you know, where we're at. We're going in the book of Peter today, 1 Peter. Now, I'm going to try to be nice this morning. I cut pretty hard <laughs> last night. We're going to the book of 1 Peter. It's good to see how God working. It's good to see God working in y'all lives, and it's good to see that you're excited about God. And that's what it takes. It takes being excited in God. You excite God, you get excited in God, God will get excited in us, and he'll do something. Yeah, he'll do something. Now, he, he, he'll do something. He, he really will. And he is doing something. Matter of fact, it's already done. Don't forget that we're going into the prison on the 31st of this month. And we're going, when we leave here, we're going straight to uh, a place called Near Union. It's a place called Lockhart to preach a word. And then we'll be leaving from there. Those of us that's going to go with us that day, we'll be going from there to Columbia to preach at Kirkland Correctional Institute. So we got here, we got three engagements that, that day. Here, Lockhart, and then Columbia for those that are on the list to go to Columbia with us, you know, because we, we won't be coming back this way. We'll be continuing on around to make our round. <coughs> the book of 1 Peter, chapter 4. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. We bless your holy name, Father. You've been very good for us. I thank you for the praise team. I thank you for the anointed singing, Father. I just thank you, Father. It is such a blessing to see people share and, and, and rejuvenize their uh, gifts and bless us with it, Father. I just thank you right now, Father, that we're all stepping up to our plates and taking care of the business of the Lord that's at hand. I don't take this lightly. This is a serious situation and the situations that we're in throughout this world right now with people's souls and their lives. And Father, we need all the help that we can get. And we're just thankful, Father, for this assembly. We're thankful for the fact that you're making it to grow and, and that you are bringing in the type of people that you would have to be here that can sit under this type of anointing and deal with the kingdom and the word of the kingdom, Father. And it's just not a regular church setting, Father. We just thank you, Father. And we want to give the blessings of God to all the people that are here this morning and their families. And, Father, those that are sick and bereaved and hurting, Father, we just bless them all in the name of Jesus. And we just ask you right now, Lord, that you would send out your spirit of comfort into the world and save another sinner like me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the book of First uh, Peter, <coughs> chapter 4, verse 1 says, For as much then as Christ has 
suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. The beginning of all truth, mortification, mortification being the practicing of the self-denial of one's body and appetite. The beginning of this true mortification, beginning of this true practice of self-denial of the body and appetite, it all lies in the mind. My grandfather used to say, it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. He said it all the time. And you know it really is. It's, it's all in the mind. It all starts right there in the mind. He says it's not, it, it, does, it, it all lies in the mind, the beginning of all this true mortification. Not in the hardships of the body, but it starts in the mind first. Because the mind of man is a carnal thing, and it's full of what we call enmity. Bible speaks about it in the book of, I think one of the first, John, I think it is, it might be James, in the book of James, it says, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Means that it's an enemy, not conducive. So the mind of a man is a carnal thing, it's full of enmity, the understanding is darkened, and is being alienated from the life of God. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 18 and 19. See what it says about that. Ephesians. <coughs> 4, verse 18 and verse 19. Ephesians 4, verse 18 and verse 19. It says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of the heart. Who being past feeling, notice that a person like that is past feeling. And when you're past feeling, you'll do anything, right? That's why people can go out and kill their own children and kill their just strangers. They pass feelings. That's why they can get up on a plane or run a plane into what used to be the world trade. They're past feelings because their minds are darkened. Their minds are carnal. Who being past feeling, the Bible says here in verse 19, have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. Now, let me tell you something. When you mix greed in with love, those are spirits. And when you mix all that stuff up in there, and that flesh go to wanting that, because that's what feeds you. You like to do anything. You, you really are. See, don't nothing people do surprise me no more. Nothing. I used to get surprised with what people do, you know, but it, it, it don't, 
I don't get surprised with what people do no more. I just pray for them. Because at any time, any of us are liable to do anything. People say, well, I don't see how they could do that. Well, you need to walk a mile in their shoes. You know? Because I know for a fact that a person can be so confused that they can't even get out of bed in the morning. A person can be so depressed until they can't even get out of bed in the morning. That's fact. That's a fact. So I don't never pass judgment on a person that's going through a hardship. I just pray for them and try to help them. If I can. But now, in the process of helping somebody, I can't be taken down myself. Because in the end, I have to protect my own values or I'll lose sight. Just like anybody else. <coughs> so Peter, he tells us, back over here in Peter, in this first verse, he's talking about this mindset of man. And man is not a sincere creature, but, you know, man is partial. Man is blind. Man is wicked. Till he be renewed and sanctified by the regenerating of the grace of God. He's all there until he finds God. And until he allows God to work with him to a position and to a point where he sees that, hey, I can't be like this anymore. But until that light comes on in a person's life, a person will not change until they see the need to change. You can't change until the mind <coughs> begins to show you that you need to change. Because, see, it's all in the mind. Now, you got folks that will sit back and they won't let your mind change. They will always try their best to pull you back to where you came from. You don't even be thinking about that. That thing will be right there in your house and it'll try to pull you back. Devil don't care who he used, he He does not care. And we might as well admit that fact and say, go sit down, fool, until they get their head together. Because my man up in North Carolina, he said, he, he always said, he said, look, I can't let him in my head. I can't let him in my head. His wife goes messing with me, he said, I can't let him in my head. I can't let him in my head. Because that'll tear you up. You can't let him in your head when it ain't, when it ain't, when it ain't running in unity. Don't let it in. Because a lot of times, people will try to control you and they don't know they're trying to control you. But they're trying to control you from selfish means. And it's always been that way with human beings. Somebody trying to control the other. And see, it's a battle. It's a battle of who's all, who got control. Well, why don't you just let God have control? You stop trying to control and let God have the control. And everything will go just fine. Don't you trust God? You say you do. So, so, so let God. 
That's God's business. And you're God's business. So let God take care of you. And let God take care of them. And stop trying to bring folk back into their past when they're trying to get into their future. Amen. Stop that. That's not good. Now, I know I'm talking to more than just my own self-opinion. I, I know I am now. So we need to stop that. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 4, verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time, talking about us, in the flesh, to the lust of men, but to the will of God. You see, because it's to the lust of flesh that we try to control one another, whether we admit it or not. It's not to the will of God. It's to the, it's to the lust of your own will. That's your will that you're trying to place on that other person. When that other person is just trying to live their life and just let God work it out. Listen, church, let God work it out. God can do a better job than us. We'll mess up something. We will mess up a good thing. Now, y'all better hear me. We'll mess up a good thing trying to be God. Trying to be God. And don't even realize we're trying to be God. Don't even realize. First three says, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. See, that should be over in our life. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, Excess of wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatry, all that should be passed in our life. Wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, then they begin to speak evil of you. You see, those that used to do that stuff with you, and those that you used to do that stuff with, now that you don't do it no more, and you're talking and you're living for God, they speak evil of the good that you're living now because they do not understand it. So, if the, the, in, in, in the process of this, they look at you strangely because they don't understand it. The reason they don't understand is, first of all, they don't believe that you're who you are. So they're waiting, and they're lying in wait, waiting on you to make a mistake. They just wait. And they're not waiting to help you up because you made a mistake. They're waiting to kill you off. They lie. Didn't we say last night they, 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 they speak them good words, but they lie and wait? They lie and wait to kill you. They will, see. They be lying and wait to get you and be right there beside you. Verse 5 here that who shall give it? And that's the question here. Who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? The quick means those that are living. And we know what the dead means. The question is, is who shall give account to him, to Jesus? 
the one that's ready to judge the quick and the dead, those that are alive and those that are dead. Who's ready to give account to? The question is asked. Are we ready? Are we, are we truly ready to give an account? These are questions that has to be asked at some point in time. Hopefully we don't ask it too late. Hopefully. But nevertheless, the question still has to be asked. Are you ready? Am I ready to give an account? Because we're only one breath away from having to give that account. Just one little breath away. Out of all the breaths of air that we've taken throughout this life, and we just think it's automatic, it all comes down to that last sand in that hourglass, that last breath. And then we'll see just how important the breath is. It's just like having a million dollars and you're just spending and spending and spending and spending and it's, and it's steady going down, steady going down. See? And you don't realize until that thing gets near the end. And then you start, uh-oh. 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 And now it's gone. And it's the same way with that last breath. Same way. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. And look at verse 6, because this is very prominent here. For this cause, for the cause of this question, was the gospel preached also to them that are what? That they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Everybody had to hear the gospel, even the dead, or God wouldn't have been found, right? Everybody had to hear this gospel and have a chance to either accept it or deny it. So when Jesus died, he goes down into hell, and he preached. First he goes to the spirits that were locked away during the time of Noah. And he preached the gospel of condemnation to them because there was no hope for them. Those are the ones that are in Jews where they've been reserved in chains and in darkness until the day of judgment. He went to them first. Those are the ones that left their first estate in Genesis in the sixth chapter and came down and had sex with the women and the giants. And we talked about the giants last night somewhat. Those that we talked about last night were a remnant of them. They were just a remnant now. See, that's all they were. They weren't the original ones. They were just the residue. Now, if the residue, the Bible said, looked like cedar trees, you can imagine what the originals look like. I read somewhere where they were something like 400 cubits high. That's way up there. Way up in there. And that's why the waters, when the waters of Noah exceeded over 40 foot above the highest mountain so that they couldn't stand on them high mountains and still breathe air. And as, they, as those spirits tried to get back, Michael and his archangels and all captured them and put them in chains, in everlasting chains. See, they were trying to make it back to their first estate. See, see that's what the devil will do. The devil will get us in trouble, did he? Take off. But God had a net there. 
got to and chained them up. But that residue was still around. And that's where those sons of Anak, those giants came from. They were, they were just residue. But Jesus, after he preaches, after his death, he goes and preaches to those spirits. You'll find this in First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 19, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. You just go back over one chapter from the chapter that we end in Peter to chapter 3, verse 19, and you'll see it there. Afterward, it goes on over here in the next chapter, chapter 4, where we are now, and it talks about how he goes down and he preaches the gospel, verse 5 and 6, verse 6, how he preaches the gospel to those that are dead. So from everybody that had died, from Adam, all the way up until that time, before his resurrection, they had to hear the gospel. Says it right here. He preached the gospel to them that are dead. I said, I'm, I'm looking at it. So they had to be preached to because if they had not heard the gospel, then how would they ever have a chance to get saved? It's only by the blood of Jesus that you can get saved. So the Bible says here that they had to be preached to too. So he held the altar call in hell. This your last chance. One of the greatest altar calls that's ever been called was called in hell. Hell simply means the grave. The lake of fire. Sometimes we get hell mixed up with the lake of fire. But if you know anything about the Bible, when you go through the Revelation, you'll see that death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. See, hell ain't the worst place you can be. It's the lake of fire. Because hell going in there too with death. But he goes down to hell and he preaches the gospel of whosoever will, let him come. But he better come right now because when I leave up out of here, I'm taking the keys to death and hell with me. And I'm giving them, uh huh. Now when I rise up out of here, this is your last chance. See? I'm preaching this to you one time. And after that, when I leave up out of here now, either you got it or you don't. But now if you got it, I'll come back and get you in the last day. So there was an altar call hell. And verse 7 says, but the end of all things, it's talking about the end of all things is at hand. That word end, that means the prophetic purpose or goal of God is at hand. We're right at it. We're right at it. And he tells us to be ye therefore sober, that means responsible, and watch unto prayer. But he says something in verse 8 that the church just ain't got yet. It says, and above all things have fervent charity, that's fervent love, for who? Among yourselves. Fervent love. For love, which is charity, shall cover the multitude of sins. But Jesus said in Matthew 24, 12, I believe it is, he said, love will wax cold for men. 
So it's a dual thing here. It's what we call a dichotomy here. We've got on one end, he says, have fear but love among yourselves. But the reality of the situation is in the last days, it's going to wax cold. But that still doesn't nullify the fact that we should have fear but love for one another. You, you understand what I'm saying? Because love, it says, covers a multitude of sin. You see? See, do you understand what he said? Love covers a multitude of sin. See, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever would will not perish but have everlasting life. The world was full of sin and God said, I'm going to cover you. Now, this is what I want you to do for me. Now that I've covered you, I want you to cover your brother and your sister by covering them when they fall down, not assassinating them. Do you understand, church, what God is saying up in here? But the first thing that we do, we try to kill each other. And that's not right. That's not the love of God. That's not the way it's supposed to be. So verse 9 tells us that we should use hospitality one to another without grudging, without grudging. We've got to be open to use hospitality with one another. In other words, everybody that comes under this anointing, we need to be hospitable to them. I say everybody that comes under it. Now you can come but not be under it. You can come, but have a devil in you. But everybody that comes under this, we're supposed to be hospitable to, right? And we're supposed to protect one another and help one another. Ain't that, way, ain't that the way of God? That's the way of God. We, in other words, we're supposed to protect one another, right? That's how we're supposed to do this. We're not supposed to hurt each other. We're not supposed to knock each other when we have make this to everybody make them. What we going to do? Go around shooting everybody that make a mistake? Ain't nobody going to be here. Amen. Nothing but you'll be home alone. <laughs> yeah, with a man named... You remember that? You remember the Godfather? You remember the Godfather? There was a man named Corleone. Now he's all by himself and he's living alone because he kills everybody. He kills everything. And then you look around and I'm all alone. I'm home. I'm, I'm lonely. <laughs> you, you see, you can't, you can't do that. We have to love one another. We have to love one another. We, we really do. Hebrews 13, 12. Because there's another reason why God says this too. Hebrews 13, 12. That we ought to be hospitable toward one another and love one another because, you see, that's some things that we might not realize is going on. Hebrews 13.2. He looked at it. Yeah, well, we got to be careful at when we're working with folks. Hebrews 13.2. Tell me when you get there. The Bible says that we, uh, uh, to be not forgetful. To do what? That sounds like hospitality to me, right? Entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels, but they were unaware of it. 
So you don't even know what you're dealing with when you're dealing with it. You know what I mean? You know? You know the guy with the sign standing on the side of the road? That might, God might have him posted up there, isn't it? All right, now, you better go ahead. All right, keep on. Keep on with your good self-righteous self. Keep on. But that just might be one of our angels that he's got posted up there just to try you. With your good hallelujah shouting self. Okay, now I'm going to try you. I'm going to see if your hallelujah is really you. Uh-huh. Everybody say, Lord, Lord, ain't you on there in So I'm going to test you along the way just to see whether you, who you say you are. When that person come in church and they ain't had no bath and they sit down beside you, you mm-hmm. might be that angel that God put that pep in the pew on. You got to smell it. You know, just like me. With your good self-righteous, hallelujah, highfalutin self. With your good Cadillac driving self. Yeah. Just might be. I'm just trying to wake us up, that's all. Just, just, just trying to see, because it says here, to be, don't, don't, don't be forgetful to entertain uh, strangers. Because, you know, they be some angels unaware that have come about. I remember a lot when they came down to Solomon and Gomorrah. They just looked like men. But they were angels. But they just looked like men. I remember Jesus was left up there with Abraham because when Abraham saw him coming, it was three of them, and he said, that's Lord. He called him Lord. He knew it was Jesus then, wasn't he? And Jesus stayed up there with him and sent his other two angels on down the He said, I come down here, I done heard some things about Solomon before, and I come down here to check it out and see if it's all true. See, God reserves the right to know whether something is true or not. He reserves the right to come off his throne there once in a while and check it out. He reserves that right. He can do what he wants to do. He can do what he wants to do. So the Bible goes on and it tells us back over here that Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, that as every man have received a gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So what we are supposed to do here, now, what, now, now, now I want to say something back up here about charity. 1 Peter 4 8. First of all, it is greater, charity is, charity is greater, which is love, than faith or hope. 1 Corinthians 13 13, 13 tells us about that. Out of these three, charity is the greatest. Out of hope, faith, and love, love is the greatest. Love is charity. It says, one excellent effect of it is that it will cover, talk about love, it will cover a multitude of sins. That's an excellent effect. 
you see. Because if you don't have a loving heart, you ain't going to want to forgive people. You can say what you want to, but if your heart ain't right, you will not forgive people now. People hold things all the way in their grave. And beyond if they can. Yeah, they do. So the excellent thing about love is that it covers a bunch of sin, a multitude of sins. There ought to be in all Christians a more fear of love, charity towards one another than towards other men. In other words, we ought to love one another more than we love others. But we find ourselves loving others sometimes that don't care nothing about us or ain't in the, ain't in the same folk with us. But we would, okay, look at America. Just look at America. America would do everything for everybody else and won't do nothing for its own. Put them in the welfare line. And then act a fool with them when they try to collect. Don't even want to give you your unemployment. Got it tricked up so well that if you don't work so much this quarter, you can't get You understand what I'm saying? But old Joe Bowen can be called an illegal. I always thought if it was illegal, you go to jail. I always went to jail. But what was illegal that I did? I don't understand this word illegal. It, where I'm from, the courtroom where I'm from, if it's illegal, you go to jail. So if you're illegal and you're an illegal alien, that means you here illegally. So I don't understand how if you're illegal, you can get benefits that I can't get, and I'm legal, something is wrong. Something is wrong, church. Something wrong. Something wrong. I don't understand it. So the Bible says, have charity among yourselves. He does not say for pagans, for idolaters, or for apostates, but he said have it among you say. He said let brotherly love continue. Hebrews 13.1 says, There is a special relationship between all sincere Christians and a particular amiableness and good in them, which require special affection. Everybody here, we got a special affection for why? Because we serve the same God. There's a special affection. Mm -hmm. It's a spiritual thing. The property of true charity is to cover almost two sins. It inclines people to forgive and forget offenses against them. To cover and conceal the sins of others mm -hmm, rather than aggravate them and spread them abroad. Look at Galatians 6 1. The Bible says in Galatians 6 1, if you find a, a, your brother in a fault, ye that are spiritual, not just anybody, but ye that are spiritual, go to that person with meekness and compassion and restore that individual. And at the same time, be careful, because you might fall into the same thing. Now, that's what it said. It didn't say go out, aggravate it, and spread it. You know, old so-and-so, old so-and-so. It didn't say that. See, see, we call ourselves Christians, but 
when you really look at the book, we don't line up that well, do we? <laughs> no. That's why it's important to know what the book says about it. So that you can spot and mark that one that ain't walking like the book say. The book say walk in love. The book say build up, not tear down. Mark those that don't. Because they're not of us. Could be your mother, could be your daddy, could be your sister, could be your brother, could be your uncle, could be anybody. But it is what it is. And if they're not doing it, then they're not doing it. And that's just the way it is. Because who is your brother? According to the word, the one that doeth the will of God. That's what Jesus said when he was hanging. You know, when they, when they had him jacked up. He said, your brother's out there. Say, who is my And your mother? He said, who is my brother or my mother? He said, the same that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. You see, spiritual blood supersedes physical blood. The family of Christ supersedes your blood family when you get into the kingdom. You got to understand kingdom, though. You see, see, there are some jokers in my blood family. I wouldn't get a time of day. Do I say that again? Where you can get from me, they can't. You understand what I'm saying? That means that I, I, I value my Christian family. That's what God told me to do. He told me that if you ain't ready to forsake your mother, your brother, and all of that for the sake of the gospel in me, then, then you ain't ready to follow me. You, all of it. If that thing ain't wanting to go the right way with you, I'm walking on. I, you can't get in my head. You, 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 you know, come, come, come. like I say, you know, old Satan just, just, just kept coming. When I released that word last night, old devil been coming to me ever since. I mean, tell that devil, go sit down, fool. Go sit your crazy self down. Nothing but the devil. Because of what you released in the atmosphere. That's all. He hated you see, didn't I tell you we start walk? When you start the walk, you don't, we don't want to start the walk when we start speaking this word. See? So the devil don't like that. Verse 11 tells us that if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the ability which God giveth. That God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, verse 10 goes back up in and says, Every one of us has received a gift. Even so, it tells us to minister the same one to another. That's what y'all did this morning. Y'all giving this gift. That's what y'all do when y'all dancing. Y'all giving this gift and you're ministering it one to another. And that's what it's all about. Everybody has something to give. God didn't give one something and not somebody else. And another thing God didn't do is God didn't give no one person everything. You see, God didn't, it's a body, right? And a body got fingers, hands, you got a whole lot of things. 
He didn't give everything to the hand, did he? Hand can only do so much. But then the foot got to do something, and then the brain got to do something, and then the heart got to do something. And the thing about the body is this. The most important parts of the body you don't see. Like your heart, like your brain. Let it shut down and see what happens. See, everybody want to be here. This ain't the best place to be. This is the place where you get shot at. Because, yeah, you get shot from here. You've been fooled to want to get here. That's crazy, man. You got to be called for this, and then you try to run from it. See, you just don't do this on your own. You get up here, you get your head tore up. Yeah, but you're a cop too, I see. But if y'all call you and choose you, that's different, you know. But that don't that does not alleviate the fact that you ain't gonna be getting shot at, you see. But the most important part of the body is the parts that you don't see, the parts that ain't up front. The ones that's working behind the scene, like the heart, the brain, the kidney. Y'all understand what I'm saying here about the body? Everybody wanna be, I wasn't did nobody recognize me? Look, you're being recognized. You're having the body go. God see you. And that's most important. If you get your praise now from men, that's all you get. So the most important part of the body is the part that's not seen. First 12 tells us, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. You see, things start hitting us, we start hollering. The woe is me. Don't nobody know what I've been going through. Don't think it's strange. You done started the wall. You started it when you picked up Jesus. Look at Matthew 13, 21. Now you're crying. Woe is me. Pole mouth, and I call it. 1321. <laughs> 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 my mama used to pole mouth all the time. I used to tell her, Will you hood? Just stop it. You're running me crazy with that. Don't nobody know, baby, please. Don't pole mouth me. I stopped this until she stopped saying it. Because he's about to run me crazy with that. And I'm just being honest. And I still love her, that mama. But she like to run me crazy. Sometimes women that do that, y'all don't jump over me. <laughs> 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 I want to say something. <laughs> I said, y'all forgive me, y'all. <laughs> I was just joking. I just messed up the whole. <laughs> I just shot myself in the foot. Like, I what I got to do? Take y'all to dinner? <laughs> I got to take y'all to dinner. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus! Well, first let's go to Matthew thirteen twenty-one. Matthew thirteen twenty-one says, "Yet hath he not root in himself." But doeth, endureth for a while, and for tribulation or persecution rises because of the word by and by. He is offended, see. 
that's that spirit of thinking something is strange. Now, Revelation 19.11 tells us about how the white horse, heaven, doors open in heaven, the white horse comes forth with Jesus on it, faithful and true, that's Jesus, the word of God, and he's coming out to wage war, right? To judge and to wage war. That's what that word does. When that spiritual, what that's saying there is that when we release a spiritual word into the atmosphere from heaven, it starts a war against the powers of the air. You got to understand what that's saying. You see. I didn't say when I release a word. I said when I release a spiritual word. It came from heaven. Remember the door was open in heaven. And the white horse, that's that spiritual power, came forth. Who was riding on the spiritual power? Faithful and true, the word of God. You see. So when you release revelatory knowledge into the atmosphere, war, it wages a war against the enemy. You see, because Satan, he's the prince of the powers of the air. You see. And when you release it, it causes problems. It's like fire setting them a fire. Told y'all that before. Verse 13 says it, But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. Philippians 1.29, I believe, tells us that it's not only given unto us to believe in Christ, but also to suffer for his sake. <clears throat> he suffered first for us. Now we've got to suffer our way into the kingdom. You don't get into the kingdom except by way of suffering. You have to suffer your way into the kingdom, I see. You have to suffer your way through the, into the kingdom. <clears throat> that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be also, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Second Thessalonians <coughs> 7 and 8. 2 Thessalonians <clears throat> 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8. Talking about this being revealed from heaven, the Lord. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed. That's that revealing from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and they that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. When the word of God, the spiritual word of God is released from heaven, that's Jesus and his angels being released to take vengeance on those that don't want to obey God. And people get tore up about that. Because that thing be hurting them. That thing be burning. You see, you got to understand what be going on. We keep looking. We keep looking for Jesus to split the sky. Do the He's trying to give us a now revelation about the Word of God. Every time we preach the spiritual Word of God, heaven's open, heaven opens, and God reveals himself with the flaming fire through the spirit of that Word. And that thing goes out. And it causes people to have problems. Do you know, know that the people that are living in sin and don't want to change from sin don't like hearing the spiritual word of God? They don't like that. That 
thing be torment, don't you? Look, didn't they kill the two? Look, when the two witnesses was killed, remember Revelation? When the two witnesses was killed? Anyway, the two witnesses was killed for preaching the word of God. And they were so strong in preaching it that when they were killed, the people bought presents to each other. Saying, we glad that they did because they tormented us with the word of God. Some of them wish I'm dead. <laughs> well, give it time, it'll happen. Just give it a little while longer. It'll happen. But in the meantime, you know, they're going to be tormented. Because of that word. I'm easy this morning. Say amen. amen. Uh, so, 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 they thought that they had those <coughs> witnesses killed. They giving presents out and, and, and spoke it that because we're glad they did because they tormented us mm -hmm, with the word. Yeah, we tormented Them demons were tormented. You know, I ain't, this is just going crazy. So they give him presents. And then all of a sudden, God raised him up right in front of their eyes. Oh, God. And yeah, right before him, after three days, God raised him. He was resurrected. Oh, man, that must have been a shocker. That must have been a shocker, man. We thought we had these man. Uh, you know. Yeah, he's joking. Yeah, well, I thought you got him, man. Uh, I didn't get him. I thought I got him too. Chapter four, I bet mean, verse fourteen in First Peter, chapter four, verse fourteen. It says, "If ye be reproached, reproached for the name of Christ, it tells us happy are we or ye." In other words, if folks got a problem and they torture you because of your stance in Christ. It tells us to be happy about that. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us, upon you. On that part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. But it says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. That one gets me. Okay. All right. I'm going to give us some. Let's go here. We're going to go. We're going to take a little trip here with this map. Let's go to Proverbs 11, 13. Say, don't be in other people's map. Didn't you say that? That's a busybody. Ain't that what he said? He called it now, 11, 13. Proverbs 11, 13. Get a little understanding here. That's what we got to watch ourselves. <coughs> Not get caught up in this old foolishness. Because <clears throat> folk will have us and them like they are. God be blessing you and then you mess it all up because you start listening to a fool. And that's what it is, a fool. Look here at uh, Proverbs 11, 13. Are we there? Amen. The Bible says a tail bearer. That's a busybody. They reveal us what? Uh-oh. Go around collecting people's data. <laughs> a collector. Yeah, they're going to research folks. 
And then they go in and they take it over here, put it in somebody else's data bank. That's how, that's how they do it. They get on that cell phone. Yep. And that Texas thing, God's going to cut your thumbs off. He's going to get some thumbs. Yeah, he's going to get some fingers. Because them fingers ain't got just as dangerous as that tongue. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He says that a, a tail barrel, busybody, revealed secret. But look what the faithful one do. But he that is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. Okay? Now, you got a joker <coughs> that's revealing a secret digging at on you. That's a tail battle. You, you got a joker that's revealing a secret on somebody else. That's a tail battle. But the Bible says, look at that other part there. What it say? But he that is of a faithful spirit, what do he do? He conceals. He covers. Love covers a multitude of sins. See what it does? Mock them that don't walk the way we walk. Mock them. Mock them. Mock them. They come up in here and they start that gossip. Mock them. And then shut them up. Put that what? That left-handed what in them? Put it in. Shut them up. Now let's go to another scripture. You're talking about. Let's go to Proverbs 18 8. Proverbs 18 8. Watch, what, watch this one. Say, say amen when you get there. Alright. The Bible says the words of a talebearer are as wounds, or they're hurt. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. That's the tail battle. All right. <coughs> All right, let's go to 20, verse 19. Proverbs 20, verse 19. This is the book of wisdom. Are we there? The Bible says, He that goeth about as a tail bearer, revealeth secrets, therefore meddle not with him that flattered with his lips. Say, so don't mess with it. That's what it's saying now. Got one more, 2620, Proverbs 2620. On this. Give you enough where you'll understand. This here going to cap it up for the tail barrier concern. Are we there? Amen. Where no wood is, there the fire go what? Ah. You don't put no wood on it, the fire go out. So where there is no what? The what seat? Right. All right. Now, ain't the house peace? Amen. Is the house at peace? Amen. Okay. Truth is the light. Truth is the light, eh? You can't tell me God don't know what he's doing now. This is God's house. Now, God knows what he's doing now. The best thing for us to do is just let God be God. Because look here, back over here in the main text of First Peter. Chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 17. Are we there? Verse 16 says, Yet, verse 16, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, and we're almost done, we're getting close. Let him 
not be ashamed. See, if you suffer for being a Christian, don't be ashamed of that. But let him glorify God on his behalf. Remember when old Paul never get beat up and tore up? He'd go glorifying God. When James and all them, they got tore up and done, they flog them, beat them, they glorifying God. They get up and glorify God. He thought they were crazy. Somebody tap our head, we probably wouldn't go back in. Whoop. <laughs> I ain't going back over there. You crazy, eh? Would we? Now would we? Uh, come on, man up. <laughs> I didn't put a dollar on that head. It'd be hard to go back over there, wouldn't it? That's <laughs> See that? <laughs> but see that what I'm talking about though. You see? But that would be wrong. Because Jesus ain't turned out the cheek. Well, you go back over there with your magnet. <laughs> I can't bet with you, boy. I ain't fooling with you. You're crazy. You get a wrong key or leave jail. Boy, verse 17. <laughs> verse 17 says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? I mean, really, man, that's something to look at here because it goes on and it don't stop there. But it goes on to that next verse. It says, and if the righteous steps to be saved, man, there's a whole bunch of folk in church that ain't saved. Because you say, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Man, this thing is tight, ain't And we just so nonchalant. I'm talking about the body of Christ, the whole thing. We just so nonchalantly going about it, not understanding the seriousness of this thing. It's tight. And the, the, the deeper you get into the kingdom, the more God reveals to you just how tight this thing is. Because, see, the deeper you get into the kingdom, although it expands to infiniteness, it also narrows into a thing called a straight narrow. You, you see what I'm saying? As it goes out, it also goes narrow. The walk does. That's why I say here, scarcely. Mm-hmm. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to them, to him, to Jesus, in well-doing. He says those of us that suffer according to the will of God, we need to commit. We don't need to fall out of the grace of God, but we need to commit ourselves even more to that grace. Keeping to the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Well-doing. As unto a faithful creator. So when, when we have to suffer according to the will of God, that's the time that we got to become more committed. Because we got to understand now, we done waged the war against Satan. And he's going to fight us back. So we're going to have to commit ourselves even more. Because in 2010, 2010, Something gonna hit. I keep telling you, something gonna hit. It's gonna shake this place. 
But we, if we jail together, see, that's why we get in that warehouse uh, 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 with the racks now, so that we can store up. See, we ain't going to do like we've done before. We, our people going to always be taken care of. We ain't got to worry about that. God will always make a way for us. But all that, other, you know what I'm saying? Because when that thing hit, folk going to be running us like Joseph. If you think they were running before, they really going to get to running, see? Because we're not going to get, what we're going to do, we're going to start stacking up. We're going to start stacking this thing up. So when folk ain't got, like all them coats is coming, we ain't going no. We got six pallets coming. We're going to stack that up because that's going to come a time. Folk ain't going to have no, you know what I'm saying? We're going to use It's a whole lot of things that's going to be needed. So the things that's not perishable, we're going to try to hold on to and stack it up for that time of heart because it's going to get rougher. It's all going to hit. It's going to get rougher now. It's going to get rougher. And we don't want to be left out there. You know, you all know, understand what I'm trying to say? So we want to stay close to the family of God. Come on in, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't get too don't don't go allow that world. That world is done died, y'all. That dollar done died. Look here. All they doing now is shooting blanks at you. Stop being afraid of what they're shooting at you. That stuff that they're showing us to buy stuff, we don't need that. If you got a phone. That's all you need. It's working. Don't be tricked. The computer that I got, I keep a computer for three years and then I change it over. But even with that, the computer that I got, I'll never use the full capacity of it because I don't know how. But still, every three years I go and buy another. Part of that is just foolishness, because I'm a freak for speed. <laughs> I'm a freak for it. You know, I like speed. You know, when I put it, I want to it. You know. But other than that, there's no other reason. There's no other reason. Because my XP in there, was, it, it, it worked. Just like the Windows 7 at home. It's just not as fast. It's just not as fast, but it'd be the same thing. And I'll never learn. I don't even know what I was doing that speed. I don't even know what I was doing in 98. <laughs> That's a real old one, there. <laughs> but now I got seven. When I got that catalog, it took me two weeks to learn all the buttons on it. I still don't know where all of them are. Some of them I don't even try to because I'm scared I might mess up something. I didn't leave that alone. I don't know what that say. That might be blowing, that might shut it off. Because, you know, didn't even know where the battery, didn't even know where the battery was in. Battery under the seat. I'm looking under the hood. Now, it wasn't that stupid. Talking about a, a on-star telephone. How you use this thing? It talk back to you. You know, you go to pressing buttons. You better press the right one. A law comes. 
Because you got some buttons up there. I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying here? Everything we don't have to have. If it'll take you from A, point A to point B, you're doing good. Trust me when I tell you that. Especially when you ain't got to pour out a whole bunch of money every month trying to pay for it. Mercy. Now, I got to admit, though, God made it easy because it was God doing it. He made it quite easy. But some of us get these things and we don't, we struggle. And it ain't a God when we struggle trying to pay for something. And we say, God, bless me. No, the devil blessed you to keep you in bondage. They'll do a lot of blessings to us. You know, you got one house, but you want to know. I got some kinfolk living in a three-story house. It's crazy. I'm staying where I am. I like where I stay. Oh, girl, don't put me out. I'll be all right. <laughs> Where she <laughs> but other than that, I'm fine. Pay my bills, you know. Take care of my people. Take care of my wife, you know. So I don't need to put no more hardship on my. You understand what I'm saying? You know, because something's gonna hit. So the basic thing for us to learn today, and I'm, I'm, I'm through, is that we seriously need to understand that love covers a multitude of sins. And that when we allow God to do his work in us, that God will bless us and he'll keep us. And I'm going to say it one more time. Something will hit us. Yeah. And we want to be pretty well situated for it. Because it's going to rock a lot of people. It's going gonna, it's gonna to rock a lot. Could be a natural. It could be a, whatever it is, it's going to be a more dev, it's going to be more devastating on the economy. Even though it looks like things are but people are going to be shaken. And we want to make sure that we're not shaken by it. So we want to stay close. And we want to grow in the grace of God and just let God just... It's not hard to run a good family in ministry. It's not hard. If all of us on the same wavelength, we fill this church up, we'll probably be having two services before it's over with. And then we'll start looking for another... In the midst of it, we'll start looking for another place, you know. God's going to do it. I ain't worried about that. You know, but when when you when we think that that, that 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 God is not moving, we need to stand still and let God do what He's doing. Cause God is moving; He's doing what He's supposed to do. But He let God do it His way. Let's not try to do it our way. Let's stay out the way of God. You know, just stand flat-footed, stand flat-footed, and let God just go on and do it His way. And then when He do it His way, it'll be built right. It'll be built correctly. And it'll be, and you'll see just how easy God is to get along with. 
when we learn how to get along with our Savior. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand. This is God. Come on around.